syndicates or syndication. Okay. So it went out from a syndicate to individual stations. Uh, it, it was not a network play. Okay. Um, and and across the board, it was two days a week, two episodes playing back to back on the same day. It, it just really is a very strange schedule. Yep. That makes me wonder what half hour show played on Mondays. And might, only Monday. It might have been just local programming. If he's going to independent stations, we're not going to know because each independent station will put together their own schedule. Sure. Sure. Now, if a syndicate, if, if a syndicate supplied shows to a, a local station, for yeah. example, and the local station was paying for it, right? why couldn't the local station choose the day and time that they played these shows. I think they could have. Um, again, maybe Fox, and this is where we look up the history of Fox, maybe they had a whole blanket of programming that they sold it as a group to the network, and this was their recommendation. As a, as a package. Uh-huh. Well, I haven't found anywhere, uh, and I've I've checked, oh, maybe half a dozen sites. I haven't seen anywhere that the show ran on days other than Wednesdays and Fridays. Anywhere. And it certainly may have happened, but I haven't come across anything. It simply says Wednesday and Friday. Mm -hmm. And I would think that if it were left to the discretion of the individual stations, it would have simply said aired twice a week. And again... It could have been buried, you know, late night or who knows, whatever. Yeah. Um, they would bury the Beatles? Yeah, they could have buried them. Ooh. Oh. Good. But, uh, you know, I imagine during this day, stations were buying the content, um, you know, so they didn't get it for free and ran national ads because they weren't knowing national uh, ads. Yeah. I mean, if it was a syndicate, they had to buy it. Yeah. It wasn't just a... A gift. Syndicates don't <laughs> don't give away. Either they get the money from the stations, or they get it from the sponsor. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah. One or that. And other. if it's a syndicate supplying, my guess is that they got it from the station, and the station had to go out and sell their own advertising. And yeah. If they didn't they were out of pocket? Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, That's really interesting. I I think I would not be surprised if we look at Fox. Uh, zone the syndicator. If we Google them up, maybe we can find other shows they had to offer in 1940. Cause you know that's how the movie studios did it. Yeah. Cause they they own the theater and they own the distribution, and they just basically supplied packages of packages of uh, films every week to their state to their theaters, and it could have been some somewhere in the same the same ballpark with this syndication company. Typing with the phone <laughs> under my chin. Um, I know. Patricia's used to the other setup. Say that again? Patricia's used to the other setup with yes, her little is. with the little portable headset. Okay. Fox feature syndicate. That's what we want. Well, let's 
feature syndicate was um, also the comic book people. Ah. Or one of the comic book peoples. Okay. Well, and maybe they were put out by a bunch of comic books syndicate because you know they're promoting the, the Beatles comic strips and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, it looks um the comics came before the radio right. show. And because the radio show was so awful and it was so short, my humble opinion anyway. And maybe they were geared for the comic book readers. It, it was not only geared for the comic book readers, but it sounds like the comic books were actually the source of revenue, the major source yeah. of revenue. Yeah. And that this was peddled as a, it, it was almost an ad for the comic books. Right. Right. What an interesting connection. That's true. Ah. Well, if you talk about it, if you listen to the, some of the old Flash Gordon and things like that, they're always talking about the comic strip distribution hurts or whoever. So, uh-huh. so maybe that was a way for them to generate new revenue. Well, Flash Gordon was a fairly long-running show. Yeah. And it had a good following. And, it was um, put, and I think it was put together by hers. Which was, you know, a major power in the... Uh, it still is. That's a, a hotshot organization. Yeah. Um, the, the Blue Beetle is really a puzzle. I, I truly think that they packaged this to generate interest in the comic books. Most likely. Since the comics were out ahead of time, mm-hmm. and they really were very successful. Mm-hmm. It's true. Oh, look at the, look at the shadow. How important the magazine was to everything. That mm-hmm. the pulp magazine was a money maker for him. Right. You know. Hmm. One day, somebody else can do this homework. <laughs> I've I've put together enough homework for myself, but it would be interesting to do some kind of a market analysis. <coughs> excuse me. Of the the profit generators, which ones generated the dollars? more than another. We, we could do uh, drop a note to our buddy Jack French, one of the great, and, and she... Oh, oh, Jack, would you come out and play with us? Yeah. You know, that would be fun to have Jack join us one night and just ask him old-time radio questions. Uh-huh. Not a particular subject, not about nope. his book, and certainly we could talk about his book. Right. But just as an old-time radio expert, toss these kinds of questions at You him. got it and have some conversation with him. That would really be wonderful, and I'm, I'm guessing it's something he would he would enjoy. Oh, yeah. Well, he, um, he might want to see a list of things we want to explore with him that way. He well, yeah, I, I do that. I know. Oh, You're I so know. good about that. Wonga said, hey, can you come on to you? What do you want to talk? Oh, I don't know. We'll get, figure out something. Yeah. Well, while Patricia gives him a three-page outline. You're so good he about does. that. You're so good it about that. Does do that. Yeah. But it it um sometimes it makes a difference for people to know ahead of time rather than But Walton doesn't know until he gets on the air. Oh, Patricia knows when she gets on the air. <laughs> 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 and and I've done my homework. I know. Yes, I have. You have. I do good. You really oh. do. But here's here's uh, I'm putting on my marketing hat here. All right. In terms of costs to the producer, mm-hmm. and I, when I say producer, I'm talking publisher as well. 
So we'll, we'll talk about the, the syndicate putting out a radio show and the syndicate putting out comic books. It should be infinitely less expensive to create a radio show for mass distribution than it is to pay for printing and paper and transportation and cutting magazine stores in on the sales of the comics. It would seem to me that the better of the two would be the radio show. Uh-huh. Again, the biggest problem might have been, especially in the 30s and early 40s, yeah. was the coverage. See, that's part of the reason why we have six months worth of Jack Armstrong, because not every station, not every uh, market that had had a Jack Armstrong affiliate. Uh-huh. And so they made a bunch of syndicated shows to send out to station oh. fill in. And this could have been a way um, that they knew with the comic strip it got all over the radio, ship, radio station might have been a hit or a bit proposition in terms of the right market that they wanted to cover. Yeah. Hmm. It just seems that their profit margin should be much wider on a radio show. You know, they have a one-time production. Right. And no overruns. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd wind up at different points, depending on the, the dimes that people have in their pockets that week, you'd wind up picking up hundreds of comic books and leaving new ones but the old ones are worthless. Yeah. So they they had a built-in waste, always had overruns or underruns, mm-hmm. and they weren't satisfying their audiences and were at risk of losing them to another comic book series. So it, the publishing part of it should have been a whole lot more iffy, except that the shows were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really They've had something to do with it. Also, I really think a lot of the syndicated radio shows, especially in the early days, were not all that good, not that good at productions. Well, if this is an indication of it, you're right on that. Yeah, the I just don't think it was. I think, you know, when it got to the 50s, um, I think some shows were really superb in terms of syndication. Uh-huh. But I think in general, they just didn't seem to have the same punch as the network shows. Yeah. And Frederick and others would disagree with me on that, but it just seemed that way. I'm, I'm, I haven't really. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm so new to the, to the hobby. I'm growing up, though. Um, well, you, you know, I keep saying the Blue Beetle was terrible. The Blue Beetle was terrible. Uh huh. It. I think because it borrowed so many pieces from so many other characters and really didn't have a distinct identity of its own, it automatically started out with a couple of strikes against it. It maybe didn't know where to go with it at the beginning. They were looking for the lake and never got a chance to develop their own thing. Yeah, they they just never never got up on plane. Yeah. Um, but I think for kids, it probably was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, kids get can get lost in this kind of stuff, and it's Especially if they were already into comic books with this character, they'd have planted in their minds what he should look like and how he behaved and all of the nuances on the radio would actually have substance for them. But I'm wondering, though, if kids were very loyal. And I wonder if it had been hard for them to start a new series if it's going against one of their favorites. 
uh, you know, because by 1940s, Superman was starting to go, Jack Armstrong, Captain Midnight. Yeah. But the Tracy Lido shows were up and running. The Lone Ranger, the Green Hornet. So the Blue Beetle couldn't go against those times to get those shows. Cause maybe they never made headway. Cause I think kids are loyal. Yeah. Yeah. They and they wouldn't share themselves. They wouldn't. They uh-huh. would, if, if if they were Green Hornet fans, they would not likely cross over to Blue Beetle. Is right. You're suggesting. Okay, I think Blue Beetle. I think the Green Hornet kids would say that's a ripoff. They would say that back in those days. They would know it. They would know it. Well, I sure knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, if if a kid walked into that one cold, and especially if he were into the comic books, it would probably be fine. Yeah. For me, it was disturbing that I found so many pieces of so many well-known characters just kind of lumped together like a patchwork quilt. Well, it tells you that I guess copyright laws and trademark weren't all that tight back in them days. You can't claim copyright infringement if the character isn't swiped, Mm -hmm. if the dialogue isn't swiped, if the personality and the situations aren't swiped. And they weren't. I mean, they took a teaspoon of a whole bunch. Spread spread their joy around with everybody. They did. They did. I mean, they, they, they took... They obviously took a chunk of the Green Hornet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Blue Beetle, for goodness sake. <laughs> you know, I mean, give me a break here. And he ran around uh, with a, a funny suit on. Uh-huh. An alter ego, like uh-huh. Superman. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was the mild-mannered cop who was on the beat and yeah. then turned into this magnificent crime fighter. Oh, yeah. Because he had magical, um, magical uh, uh, potions. Mm-hmm. From this scientist doctor who was not a mad, crazy scientist doctor, but was on the side of good. Yeah, you know, I mean, just everything was borrowed from someplace else. Something old, something new, something yeah. bald, something blue. It yeah. was, it was a stew. I've only got one potato. Put it in the stew. <laughs> I got two carrots. Put it in the stew. Oh yeah. Just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh huh. I have beaten this to death. It's just such an unusual show. And then I discovered an unusual schedule. And now it's syndicated and, and was tied to a comic book. It's just got a whole bunch of really interesting stuff tied to it. Trish can write a whole article about this and become known as the Blue Beetle expert. I don't think so. <laughs> I do not think anybody has was ever an expert on the radio, <laughs> which is exactly what the problem was. It's How could Frank Lovejoy get caught up in something like that? Money. What was he doing in 1940? He was in New York, doing New York radio. He was being against, he was doing the gangsters and trying to break out of that mold. So he, he was probably trying to try any part to get him out of that typecast. Boy, he's sure out of it this time, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yeah. Hmm. I wonder where he went after 13 episodes. Still, you know, well, 13 He, he went back to Game Masters and all those other shows. Yeah, that would have only been six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they did it. They, they ran two a week. Yeah. And when they're talking episodes, I wonder... Hmm. 
would they it, it would be it would an episode part one episode part two so that would be considered a single episode wouldn't it uh-huh most likely yeah okay all right well i've beaten the blue beetle half to death Hey, and he's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> and he's still out there buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well. So, let's see what other stuff we have. Um, right. Um, I still need to know who wanted aliens in the mind. And I think you're right. That's probably a Chad. Oh. It sure sounds like a Chad. I would drop Chaddy a note. I have to squirrel around and see yeah. be a possibility. Yeah, so now I have to go listen to it. Chad's been interesting eclectic stuff lately. Oh, yes, it's it's all sorts of different stuff here. Uh -huh. All right, so we've got two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen. We've got fifteen people in the Investors Club so far. We're making progress. Yes, we are. That's good. Did Fred say he was going to be a member? We can just draft him in. I don't think. I think he was so. He was gonna call us Monday on the, after the football game. So we can see if we can nick, pick up his dollar then. Okay. All right. That would be. Good. I think we were just so sure. we, we were so so impressed that he kind of sat on a block of ice for 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 a whole <laughs> evening worth of football. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you, Walden. <laughs> yeah. Forgive me. <laughs> I don't get it. I do not know what you guys see in this stuff. I do not get it. I do not understand inflicting pain on yourself in order to see guys inflicting pain on each other. You don't. I do not understand it. You are all kind and gentle people. Uh, I don't think so. And you are out there saying, kill him. I just I think it's definitely the war mentality in our in the male species. It's got to be. It it it, it, it got to be because there's been famous species where uh, Luke Rockney gave when they really wanted to uh, when they really wanted to drop football from Notre Dame, and he basically appealed that this was a way for a man to get out his urges on the on the football field of combat rather than the, rather than the war fields of, the, of Battle of War. Hmm. That was his theory. Well, I think he's right, or you know. was right. Yeah. He, he sure sounds reasonable to mm -hmm. me. I, I just, you they know. They asked him, there was a great line, and that's it's part of the Luke Rockney All American Rock. Well, uh, what, don't we should, should we give him, don't you think we should give them a more of a, a more of a uh, gentleman sport? And he said, like, what? <laughs> Hockey? And he said, you want to give an Irish man a stick in his hand to go out and play? <laughs> Perfect line. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So you give him his fists instead. Uh-huh. Dear me. I do not understand it. Oh, uh, yeah, well. Even if, if, it, it, if you could do it in the spring when the flowers are coming up, you know.
know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That would be nice. Well, they don't like going against baseball. Okay, that's where Springs, yeah. Springs is a turtle for baseball fans. These guys are tough. They are really tough. Well, I mean, and, and just think the pain threshold. Cause just, just trying to get their body back from combat on Sunday. On Sunday, I know. It's just they're almost crippled up for several days before they get back on the field. It's it's just dreadful. Mm -hmm. It is just dreadful. Their blood studies must be <laughs> so screwed up by the end of a game. It, it, people. Well, you know, when 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 you hurt your muscles like that, and you hurt your bones, and you hurt your brain, everything, your blood chemistries change, everything changes. And for the average person showing up in an emergency room with those kinds of changes going on in their bodies, they'd put them in intensive care. They wouldn't know what was wrong with them. <laughs> it was like, you got what for a reading there? Get him out of here. So, I don't know how they do it. I, because they really, it's the next day when they are hurting so bad. And the thing is me, think of all the pain that they are put, putting in their body to get back on the playing field. I know. I know. Yeah. Who, would say, who was the guy in the commercial a bunch of years ago for Coke? Was it Mean Joe Green? Yeah. And, I mean, he would just come limping off the field, and you knew he was feeling that off. Oh, yeah at different times because he wasn't faking the walk. No. He might not have been hurting that day, but he knew what it was like. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, there have been some guys who were doing like, 17 knee surgeries or some crazy thing, you know. I still not understand. There were guys who were well-known that they spent most of every day, most of the day in, in, the, in the morning, especially in the uh, trainer's room to get the limbered up to enjoy the other half of the day. After, and this is after the playing days are over. So it gets all brutally beat up. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> just, oh, it, it hurts to look. Yeah. It just hurts to look. Yeah. And then you guys want to go sit on ice. Uh-huh. Talk to the angels. You're in the 44th floor <laughs> at the top of the stadium. We closest to the snow that's falling. Yeah, me and my 100,000 closest friends who've been drinking beer all afternoon in the parking lot trying to stay warm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's such a subdued crowd. Mm-hmm. Mamma mia. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> 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 oh, who knows? Okay. Uh, some. Hmm? Are we going to get any calls? I think we're... I think I think the family's gone to bed. I don't blame them. You know, I mean, the real clock says 541. My pretend clock on <laughs> on, the, on the computer, it will be pretend for a while, tells me I haven't been up that long. Well, you know, I mean, you got to work today. I know. So should we just blow the theme song and call it a, a, a good morning? And and we'll say Fibber for, for next week? We can do that. Let's save Fibber for next week. Alrighty. So when, why don't we get Doris Day up? We'll get, we'll get out of here. We Everybody is requested. Yep. And by Walt. <laughs> to have a wonderful week. We'll you, see you, you on Monday. We'll see you on Monday. Can you believe it? We're going to be back in again.
Yeah. All right, everybody. We love you all very, very much. Thank you for uh, keeping us really busy. And we made it. We made it to another Saturday. And thank you for always being there. Everybody, yeah. good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. Good night, everybody. We love you all. It's time to wind up the masquerade. Just make your mind up. The piper must be paid. The party's over. The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right Just being with him Now you must wake up All dreams must end Take off your makeup The party's over It's all over My friend No And thrill me anymore. Far away trips, seagoing ships, not half as thrilling as touching your lips. Nothing that can quite fulfill me anymore. Broadway shows, evening clothes, you have more glamour than any of Once I used to dream.
championship fight Not as exciting as holding you tight Nothing that I do ignites me And starry skies, fourth of July's Don't have the sparkle I see in your eyes Don't know what to say Don't mean to be blasé But darling, it's true There's nothing in this world For me It's true.